<laughs> it's not only a great clip for tonight, but it's also maybe a great clip to promote our uh, uh, parent fuel class we're having <laughs> on Sundays. Uh, frustrating sometimes trying to figure things out as we have discussions with children. But you know what? As frustrating as that can be and as silly as that was made out to be, the truth is um, that little girl was asking a very significant question, wasn't she? She was asking a question that was running around in her head at the same rate that it's probably running around in some of your heads or some of your kids' heads. And how do we answer that question? And especially if they come up with the thought in the beginning, as she did, well, if we're all going to be in heaven anyway. Well, actually, that kind of flies in the face of what Scripture says, right? That Jesus is the only way. And we know there's people who don't choose Jesus. Matter of fact, We've spent the last couple of weeks in our Explore God series talking about what it is that we believe about God. Do we believe that he does indeed exist? And what does that mean? Do we believe in Jesus and what he says about himself? And if we really believe what he says about himself, then what that means is he is the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except through him. If we really believe that there is a God and we believe that that God is a creator, then we must believe that that God also is a creator who creates with purpose. And if we believe that we are a creation of God's, then therefore we have purpose. Are we here by accident or is there some intelligent designer? Those are questions that young and old alike have asked. And my guess is that's a question that's going through the mind of maybe a coworker or a neighbor, somebody in your sphere of influence, in your oikos. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. That verse certainly sets him up as the great designer and we are his masterpiece. Our kids have created quite a few pieces of art over the last 14 years. And I remember when we first started putting art up on the refrigerator and they, they get so proud of it, right? And I can remember uh, Shaley would, would, would paint something or put something together on paper and we would put, put, put it up there on the, on the fridge and inevitably things would open up, this refrigerator would close and open and close and something and it would fall on the ground or it would get torn or something would get poured on it or whatever. And I remember whenever she was really small how completely frustrated she was that somehow her masterpiece was damaged. I think that that's embedded into the heart of a creator, one who has great interest in what they've created. And whether or not it's a three-year-old little girl or the ultimate creator of all things, God is the designer of your life and mine. And as the designer, why did he do it? It's a logical question. It's a philosophical question, and it's the question that really pushes us to do one of two things. If we believe that he is the creator, and we believe that creators create with purpose, and we're a part of that creation, and there is purpose there, then we can choose one of two things. It sets us up with one of two decisions. We either pursue the purpose of the creator, or we deny it. We either pursue it, or we deny it. That's what sets us up. As an either or, why we are here, the telos, the Greek word telos, meaning our ultimate purpose. 
And what you heard on the screen earlier in the first video was a variety of different options that people toss out, right? I mean, when it comes to purpose, and and there are churches throughout the Metroplex that are talking about purpose this weekend as a part of the Explore God emphasis that really across our country, people are hearing. And what we come to grips with is the reality that our world, our country, our neighbors and friends, they've got a lot of different answers for purpose. Answers like leaving the world better off than we found it. We heard that in the video. To do good things. Maybe some crazy plan by our creator to just have us work our way back to him. If we could just do enough good things, then our purpose is to find our way back to God. Or our purpose is just not to mess things up too bad. Or our purpose is to procreate. We heard that in the video. Or our purpose is to help others. Or our purpose is to push our energies into social justice. Or our purpose is to just enjoy nature. Or maybe to defeat the evil one. Maybe our purpose is to fulfill some superhero aspect of life. Where we are to defeat that which is evil with all that we are. Maybe it's just to follow our heart, our desires, our passions. And that's our end all. That is our purpose. No. What scripture tells us which would be the creator's design manual. He says in Isaiah 43, 7, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. We are individually, our church corporately is here to glorify God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, in the New Testament Paul puts it this way. He says, whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, whatever it is, here's what our purpose is. It is to glorify God. So I've tossed some definitions of glorify up there because that's a word that we sing. That's a word that we bounce around a lot in church. And I was even hesitant to share it whenever we had the the kids up here because I know that's a word that gets difficult to explain. But I think you guys can help them with it quite a bit. Maybe when you get home, you see, we're here to glorify God. And here's some definition. To glorify God means that I recognize him for who he is and for what he's done. That in my life, I honor him and I celebrate him and I praise him and I worship him. Another definition. God's glory is the revelation of his character and his presence. It's God revealing himself through his character and his presence. And so then the lives of Jesus' disciples, both the ones that we read about through history and us, we are here to do what? To reveal God to the world. To reveal him with our lives. And that becomes glorifying God. John 17, Jesus has just finished describing this hostility that his followers are going to have in the world and then he prays and we're going to finish up the sermon really and land mainly here in John 17 this prayer that Jesus prays and he says this it says when when Jesus had spoken these words he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said father the hour has come glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. 
And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, glorified, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. What was Jesus' purpose? His purpose was to show God off, to bring God glory, the heavenly Father. Christ shows us through his prayer that he had a purpose as he walked this world with skin on. That Christ lived and he lives now to reveal and glorify God. And then he continues in verse 6. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. So now, you see, in verse 6, he tells his heavenly father, his dad, he says, I've got to talk to you about who is left down here. And he begins to speak about and pray for his disciples. And as he prays, you get the impression that he's really interceding on their behalf, on our behalf. And he's interceding in a way that we will get it. He's saying, oh, I just want them to get it, to get their purpose, to live out their purpose. He breaks it down first. He says, we are here to glorify him, number one, by offering and receiving the invitation of faith and satisfaction in him. That's glorifying God. John 17, 7 and 8. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have taken them the world for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Those words now they know. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, they've accepted. They knew with certainty. They believed. They had faith. Later on in verse 13, he says, I'm saying these things so that they might have the full measure of my joy within them. It's about satisfaction with him, you see. How do we glorify God? How does our church glorify God? By just adding more programs to the calendar, more things that we do by busying our lives up more and more. Surely that's how we glorify God, by just wrapping ourselves up and becoming so very busy for him, then he's going to be so happy. Actually, it's by placing our faith in him and being satisfied with him. And in the same way that Christ offered us the opportunity to know him, we are to be a church that presents that invitation to the world. So here's a a, a picture I... I've got this, uh, I've got this uh, second daughter, right, Riley. She's the second oldest, and, and her, her thing is soccer mainly. She's, she's also playing some volleyball this season, but, I mean, if you were to ask her, I bet she would probably say soccer is the thing, right? And she plays midfielder, and she plays forward, and um, both of those positions, I mean, there's just a lot of running involved, right? And so in the first half of a game, she's running back and forth and all over the place, and She'll, she'll pull herself out at times and knowing, knowing her limits, knowing she needs to take a break and, and, and the coach will sub in and she comes to the, to the sideline. And I mean, just picture with me for a minute. She opens this up. This is, this is her water jug right here, right? She opens this up and she lifts it up and she starts to pour and out pours this huge mouthful of sand. Well, that'd be disgusting, wouldn't it? I mean, that would not satisfy. That would not be what she was looking for. Let's reverse just a little bit. She picks it up, she opens it up, and what happens? Ice cold, wonderful water. 
refreshing, quenching, exactly what it was that she needed. It was satisfaction. And what Jesus says is, when he says, I am living water, I am that which satisfies, I am that which brings purpose to your life, that end all struggle that you have, that you keep trying to fill that hole with so many different things. Listen, I am the one that brings complete satisfaction to your life. Says you say, well, God, I do. I believe that you will deliver. I believe that you will satisfy. You know, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As a receiving church, we glorify God when we have this open invitation of saying, Come as you are. That's when we see that word receive out. On our building, that's what we're saying. Listen, we want people to come just as they are in the same way that we came, just as we were to God. That Christ has done it all for us. That there are no strings attached. That we don't have to clean ourselves up first. But that we can find faith and satisfaction in him. And for some of you, maybe even in the crowd, last weekend, when our special guest was here, And he was sharing how you could find faith in Christ. You said, yes, that's me. I need that. I need to find my purpose, my ultimate purpose, and that is in Christ. And I take a step of faith in his direction and receive him as Savior. And some of you stepped from not just creation of God's, but child, adopted child of his last week. Knowing that the holy, unblemished Lamb of God, the one who gave himself for us by pouring on his blood on the cross over 2,000 years ago, he has come for us. And Jesus said to the world, listen, come to me just as you are. Don't try to clean up first. You can't do it. You can't get yourself clean enough. Maybe you've received him as Savior, but the question is, do our lives reflect him? Do they reflect him to the world? Do we receive others well? I think a takeaway for this first part of glorifying God has to do with not only coming as we are, but also saying, you know what, God, I want my life to be a signal. I want to also help others come as they are. And Jesus teaches in his prayer, not only are we to come as we are, and find faith and satisfaction in him, but also we are to glorify him through unity with others. John 17, 11, And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the, whole, the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. So several years ago, we were uh, on a, a couple of different mission trips to Juarez, and we were working with some squatters in this, uh, in this squatter village that really was on the far western side of Juarez. I mean, literally, these people, when they looked out of their lean-tos, it was just desert. It was the people just coming in to create that western boundary of that city. And we were there uh, each year. We would come back and, and work in that community, and and uh, and 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 for three years in a row, we just kept coming back and kept coming back, and 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 we were building this church this one particular year. 
And I remember the team that we had assembled. And, and, and every day, you know, they played with the kids some, but then they just, they also went to work on that, on that building. And they, brick by brick, and, and, and they were all working at the same time. And slowly these walls started to come up. And by the end of it, there was a church in this community that they had put together as a team. And that team learned so much about humbly working together, about sacrificing yourself for the good of the team and knowing, you know, yeah, it's tired and it's hot, but, you know, we're going to work together and we're not going to whine and complain against each other. We're just going to go for it. And they did it. And they accomplished together what not a one of them could have done by themselves. And it was a beautiful, beautiful picture of the, of the, of the bride of Christ becoming one and glorifying him. Our guys on the trip that year also learned quite a bit about what happens when you go and grab a shower. They were the last ones to get a shower. They used up all of the water that was left for the week. They came out thinking they were going to be all bad and all cool, not fully dried off, no shirt, walking across the courtyard, sopping wet still, big old group of guys, And all of a sudden, this freak dust storm hits. I'm talking, this group of boys look like Pigpen from Peanuts. Everything attached to them, I mean, they were as as dirty. They were dirtier after the shower than before. And I, I think about that picture, and I think, you know, oh, the pride that was in that moment. Look, we're just walking. I mean, this is like their proudest Baywatch moment. And then all of a sudden, it's just they are magnet to the dust of Mexico. I think in that moment, it makes me think, yeah, that's, that's a bit of an epic fail. But you know, that's on the opposite end of where God wants us to be. We are to humbly come together, doing life together. And when we are in small group together, we are on mission together, our unity together, humbly coming together. You know what it does? It doesn't point attention on us. It points attention to him. That's glorifying God. And so as a church, when we receive and we equip and we impact the world as a team, we do so not just so that we can accomplish more together than by ourselves, Not just so that we can say, oh, hey, look what we've done, all these social action initiatives. We live life that way as the body of Christ because we are a church that believes God has told us that we are to bring glory to him. And to do that, we live as a team sport, not a solo activity. He made us that way. Romans 15, 5 and 6 says this, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that what? That together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Paul is saying to the Romans, listen, here's how you glorify him. You do it with one voice, unity, unity unified. We glorify him as we help people discover that they can find place, their faith in him, their satisfaction in him, and also as we do life together. And so the question is, are you doing that? Is, are there people in your life that you do life with? Maybe in a small group, maybe serving on a team in our church together. 
Maybe you're engaged in relationships that build you up in the body, in our men's ministry, in our women's ministry. That God uses you to encourage others to meet needs of those in your group and the community and the world. The question is, are you playing this as a team sport? Because if you are, you are glorifying God with your life. You are living out your purpose. You're living out a purpose that looks more like this and not so much like this. You see, we get so frustrated when we live life that way. Takeaway number two, we are playing a team sport. That's why scripture speaks about us loving one another and serving one another and praying with one another and encouraging one another. We also glorify God through holy lives. John 17, 16, he continues in his prayer. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. What is Jesus saying there? He's saying, listen, when you are glorifying God with your life, when you are living out his purposes, here's what happens. Your life begins to look more and more like his character. It just makes sense. If I am revealing him to the world, the only way that can happen is if my life looks more and more like his character. Otherwise, it's such a distorted image. How would they ever see him? And so God is saying, Jesus is saying in this prayer, God, may they be sanctified in truth. How do we know how it is that we look more like God? By seeing what God looks like. And he put it right here. Do we get sanctification points for just showing up? Do you remember those classes in school that you'd go to sometimes and the professor or the teacher would just say, all right, you're going to get 25 points just for showing up. And you'd be like, well, good, because I didn't study. You know, and we, and we get all excited in class whenever we get points for showing up. We don't get sanctification points for showing up. We don't get them for showing up at church. We don't get for showing up in this life, but I tell you what, we do get sanctified as we allow the word of God to become a purifying effect on us. When all of a sudden my life begins to significantly differ from the values and the priorities of this world. And you say, well, how does that really work and is that really possible? Can I really do that, Randy? That seems so hard. And I would say, ah, that's a great place to start our humility because no, it's actually God's power through us. It's God's power in us. It's in our weakness he makes us strong. He does the work inside of us. And so what happens is we become this living, breathing advertisement to the world and people say, how is it that she was able to be so patient in the midst of that uncertainty? Or how in the world was he able to keep from retaliating when they did that to him at work? Or how in the world have her children risen up in this respect-free society and still call her blessed? Or how did he forgive? Or how did she stay pure? How, how, how did all that happen? How did he stay so honest in that business deal when nobody else would have done that in that situation? You see, we become living testimonies of how God's story and our story intersect 
And that impact brings about a reflection of him. It moves towards life transformation. So here's what we do. We offer up Bible studies that occur along this side. We call it the Trek classes and oftentimes throughout the campus in the middle of the week. We offer small groups for you to jump into and study God's word together. We offer messages on the weekend. We offer tools that you can look at in the lobby that have to do with spiritual disciplines. And we've got a whole thing set up out there just for that in the kiosk on the way out toward the parking lot. There are so many different ways that we set up you to be able to be equipped, to equip yourself. Ultimately, why? Because the first part of glorification, yes, faith, I receive, I am satisfied, I come as I am. But there's a whole nother part of glorifying him and that means I don't stay as I was. Actually, I move into looking more and more and more and more like Jesus. That we glorify God as we live out this purpose by looking more like Jesus than we did last year at this time. Or even last month or even last week. Finally, last part of his prayer. We are here to glorify him through telling others about Christ and loving them in his name. John 17, here's what Jesus says. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. In Jesus' prayer, do you see it? Look at it. You see what he's doing there? He is looking beyond those who are seated with him in that moment. We see him praying for us. Jesus modeled for us that we bring the Father glory when we live in a reality that doesn't just stop with me. It doesn't just stop right here. And so we believe as a church even that as we impact and as we send, it sets us in a proper mindset to live out our purpose, to glorify him, to make sure that it doesn't just stop with me. And so there's Hack and South Dallas and Feed the Hunger and planting churches like Cross Point and The Well and mission efforts in Belize and Cuba and Rwanda and Vancouver and Romania. And the list goes on and on and on and on with one massively huge takeaway. And that is that as we live out God's purpose in our lives, we have to remember that it doesn't stop with us. We're called to be disciple makers in our homes on the mission field and all we do it doesn't stop with me so our chief aim is to glorify God and individually corporately we do that as we come as we are as we faithfully receive as we play as a team together as we don't stay as we are but we allow God's work in us to bring sanctification holiness in our lives that bring us in tune to looking more like him so the world sees him you see that's part of the purpose and then making sure that our eyes are not focused on just what's in this moment but on people who desperately need him and so on October 24th we're going to do this big huge receive event here Something we haven't done in years, years. Matter of fact, some of you who have Rock Point in your distant past, you know there were some rodeo days that happened a while back, a long while back. Where we're going to do a, a big event. And it's attached to a Saturday night, but it's going to have a little bit of a twist to it. We're not going to do worship in this space. We're actually going to do it 
outside on the front lawn grass pave area out there. And it'll be at the conclusion of the day because long around about 3 o'clock or so, we're going to invite the community to come and hang out. And we're going to set up some booths, all kinds of different tables and stuff is going to be set up. Um, small groups are invited to put a table out there or a tent or whatever. Uh, ministries of the church are going to be invited to do that as well. Um, each, each one is going to be encouraged to set like a bowl of candy or something there, as well as their famous uh, their own famous chili recipe concoction. And we're going to have some judges, and we're gonna just going to have a blast with it. It's going to be a lot of fun. But you know what? Why are we doing that? The reason why we're going to do it is to just say, you know what? We want to receive well. We want to be a receiving church. And so we're going to invite everybody to come and hang out, and then we're going to have a worship service at the end of the night outdoors. And we're going to make a very clear, simple, short presentation of the gospel, much like what happened on this stage last Saturday night. Why? Because we want the world to know, our part of the world, that you can come as you are. And that this church is wide open to the community. You know, I, I remember sitting here on a Saturday night looking out at the line of cars that was all along that road as they were turning into that pumpkin patch. And there's nothing wrong with that pump, pumpkin patch. That's great. That's fun. Our kids have done that. We've, we've been chased by bees over there. We've, you know, picked out pumpkins over there. We've done all kinds of fun stuff over there. I hope people do both. But you know what? What a beautiful thing to have a line of cars rolling in here to discover with wide open arms a church that says, we're here, please come as you are. And in so doing, we're going to fulfill our purpose of just making sure that Jesus is known. Would you bow with me? Father, I want to thank you for giving us an opportunity, each one of us, to be a part of a church, if nothing else, just for this night. Those assembled in this place tonight to worship in a church that really has as its desire to glorify you. And so, God, I I pray for my brothers and sisters in this moment that for some of us, God, we've maybe not represented you in a way that brings a lot of honor to you this week. God, thank you for mercies new every morning. God, thank you for new beginnings. And God, may this be a new beginning for each of us as we just look to you and say, it is with our life that we bring you glory. That that is how we fulfill our purpose. And God, it would make so much sense then that if we're going to do that with each one of our lives, that corporately our church would send that signal out to the world. And so I'm just praying right now, even for October 24th, as we step into such a unique event that, God, it would be a moment that would help people understand that they truly can come just as they are. Father, I thank you that you allowed each one of us to come as we are. And, Father, if there's somebody in the crowd, even tonight, that is saying, wow, I need that, God. I need to know my purpose that you would give them the courage to step 
forward to write down on the paper that they give back to us tonight. I want to talk more about what that looks like. God, I pray that you would give them courage to do that tonight. Father, as we take communion, we thank you in this moment for Jesus. The best reflection of you. Wow. Thank you for sending Jesus. We love you. We worship you. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things.